This is the Return to Order Moment with Edwin Benson. Bringing you insights, analysis, and information for a culture in crisis. The pro-life movement in 2021. The necessity of trust in God. The pro-life movement in the United States is something of a miracle in and of itself. In 1973, when the Supreme Court handed down the infamous Roe v. Wade decision, the pro-aborts thought their job was done. There would be, some predicted, an amount of spitting and sputtering from pro-lifers, but that would die down soon, just as it had when many Western European nations passed new laws favoring that wretched practice. Now it is 48 years later, and the pro-aborts still need to look uncertainly over their shoulders. The pro-life movement is not only not dying out, it is growing. For instance, the young man made famous through his participation in the 2019 March for Life, Nicholas Sandman, was born in 2002, almost 30 years after Roe v. Wade. January 2021 presents a moment of decision for pro-life Americans. Under Pope Francis, the papacy, which could be said to have led the pro-life movement, moves it to the back burner. Because of the COVID-19 virus, the annual March for Life, usually a massive event, is to be quote-unquote virtual. The death of Mr. Joe Scheidler reminds us that the first generation of pro-life leadership is passing away. The inauguration of another Joe, Joe Biden, will have massive implications for the pro-life movement. This episode of the Return to Order Moment looks at the current state of the pro-life movement. It begins with an essay by Luis Sergio Salomeo. For Pope Francis, abortion is not a primarily religious matter. This essay was originally published on www.tfp.org on January 18, 2021. Argentine Catholics set an example for the world by fighting hard against the legalization of abortion. They had no support from the Argentine Pope, however. His leftist agenda does not include such concerns. Pope Francis's silence during the fight against legalizing abortion in Argentina was shocking. For example, Professor Jose Arturo Cuaracino points out that in his latest Christmas message, Pope Francis spoke about the problems of several countries, but, quote, not a single word about Argentina, his native homeland, unquote. He stressed that, quote, this indifference confirms what is commonly said among the bishops and priests friendly with Bergoglio. Abortion isn't as important a topic as the environment or migrants, unquote. This silence is all the more inexplicable considering that the Pope has good relations with Argentina's President Alberto Fernandez. Shortly after being elected, he was warmly received by the Pope. Professor Ruben Pareto Rivas wrote, quote, The Argentine President Alberto Fernandez was the one who promoted the law and pledged personally and insistently to put pressure on several legislators to change their vote and allow its approval. It is the same president who was greeted with complacency and broad smiles by the Supreme Pontiff on January 31st, 2020, the same one who that day attended the mass celebrated for his party 
by Archbishop Marcelo Sanchez Sorondo in the crypt of the Vatican Basilica at the tomb of St. Peter, where he received communion with his concubine, the former showgirl Fabiola Yanis. Unquote. We are in the time of Lamoris Laetitia. Pope Francis refrained from encouraging Argentine Catholics to fight abortion's legalization. Moreover, in private letters to people who consulted him, he said that abortion is not primarily a religious issue. He repeated this statement in a recently published interview. The stance suggests that one should not carry out a religious struggle to block this grave sin's legalization. In one of those letters, which although private was published by the Argentine Bishops' Conference, the Pope stated, quote, To a letter asking me about the problem of abortion, I answered that the subject of abortion is not primarily a religious but a human issue, a matter of human ethics that predates any religious confession, unquote. The Pope went on to suggest that non-religious arguments be used in the fight against abortion. Quote, and I suggest you ask yourself two questions. Is it fair to eliminate a human life to solve a problem? And two, is it fair to hire a hitman to solve a problem? Unquote. In moral matters, as abortion, the most decisive argument is the religious one. This is especially true in a Catholic country like Argentina. The religious argument places man before his eternal destiny, his ultimate end. On the other hand, to say that abortion is not primarily a religious issue is to deny that abortion is, above all, a grave offense against God. It is the deliberate killing of an innocent human being. It is one of the four sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance. Furthermore, Procured abortion goes against God's infinite wisdom in linking natural sexual intercourse to humanity's procreation. It runs counter to his adorable will, which determined that the sexual act should be performed only in marriage and without interference that would render it unfruitful. Abortion is, therefore, a revolt against God and aversio a Deo, conversio a creaturum turning away from God, turning towards some created good, as St. Augustine defined sin. The woman who procures a completed abortion and the medical personnel who perform it sin by commission. Whoever should have opposed abortion's legalization and failed to do so sins by omission. St. Thomas says that being negligent in, quote, an act or a circumstance necessary for salvation will be a mortal sin, unquote. Procured abortion is an extremely serious mortal sin. Not only is it a grave offense against God, but it has consequences on a people's moral and social life. Thus, those whose mission is to guide, especially spiritually, and do not actively oppose abortion, but limit themselves to ambiguous statements or feeble opposition disproportionate to the situation, commit a grievous sin. Their omission contributes to the sin of procured abortion becoming widespread. It helps make the crime appear quote-unquote normal, leading many into this sin. Pope St. Felix III already warned in the year 
AD 492, quote, An error which is not resisted is approved. A truth which is not defended is suppressed. He who does not oppose an evident crime is open to the suspicion of secret complicity, unquote. All Argentine religious authorities, including Pope Francis, who failed to combat abortions legalization in this Catholic country, as was their duty, shall render accounts to God for their responsibility in this national sin. Quote, What have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Genesis chapter 4, verse 10. One of those who were part of the pro-life movement from the beginning, Joe Scheidler, passed away on January 18. Mr. C. Preston Noel, a longtime associate of Mr. Scheidler's, penned a tribute to him titled, Remembering Joe Scheidler, the pro-life warrior who became a legend. For those who knew him, Joe Scheidler was not a man, but a legend. His lifelong battle against abortion went beyond sidewalk protesting and made its way to the Supreme Court. He entered the fight totally and unreservedly. Wherever abortion reared its ugly head, people could expect to see Joe with his bullhorn nearby. Pro-lifers everywhere mourned his death from pneumonia on January 18th at the age of 93. He will forever be remembered for his unyielding attitude toward an abortion industry that persecuted him for decades through lawsuits and vilification. His death came just as the moment that the March for Life was canceled due to COVID and security concerns. It was an almost fitting, though unintentional, tribute to him that there could be no March for Life without Joe's towering presence. Joe was the supreme activist that sided with the good cause. He always enjoyed telling the story of how, as a six-year-old boy, he visited the Basilica of the Sacred Heart at Notre Dame University and saw figures of winged angels carrying spears. He asked his Aunt Frida why these angels looked like soldiers. Quote, That's what they are, she said. They fight Satan. Unquote. The activist angels served as a model for his long and honorable fight for the unborn. The Chicago resident soon started the Pro-Life Action League, from where he gained the title of the Godfather of Pro-Life Activism. He came up with many of the pro-life tactics that became the scourge of the pro-abortion establishment. His 99 Ways to Stop Abortion listed the peaceful and legal things that people could do to shut down the industry. Many clinics closed. His distinctive persona made him a feature in the pro-life movement both in America and the world. The tall-bearded figure in suit and trench coat could be counted on to go anywhere to carry out his always peaceful yet successful action. He was also very effective on the sidewalks, where he proved to be very successful in convincing women not to enter the abortion clinics. His effectiveness soon incurred the wrath of the pro-abortion establishment. In 1986, the National Organization for Women targeted Joe Scheidler in a lawsuit that alleged pro-life violence had been used to interfere with abortion clinics. The lawsuit distorted a federal racketeering law, trying to apply it to his activism. 
The case served to harass him for 20 years as it worked its way through the courts. In 2006, he won a decisive victory at the U.S. Supreme Court. Joe Scheidler was also a man of deep faith. He was a practicing Catholic who took seriously what the Church teaches on abortion and the moral law. He never hesitated to affirm Church teaching or coax timid Catholics out of their complacency. He was passionate and combative when need be, charitable to all, and devoted to the Blessed Virgin and her rosary. Joe supported many TFP initiatives. About the book Return to Order by TFP Vice President John Horvat, he wrote, quote, The depth of knowledge and originality of Horvat's analysis, plus the scope and inspiration of his vision for a true solution to our current economic crisis, make Return to Order worthy of becoming the bedside book for those who believe America is worth fighting for, unquote. After a long and exhausting life fighting against abortion, it would seem that he may finally rest in peace. However, for Joe, the admirer of activist angels in heaven, he might have other ideas. Even though pro-life Americans have many reasons for optimism, the fact remains that abortion remains legal in the United States despite all their work and prayers. Under such circumstances, the temptation to despair is strong. The American TFP remains strongly committed to the end of this reign of terror for the unborn. It shares its position in the statement, As our national consensus crumbles, hope in Fatima and return to God. On the occasion of this 48th annual March for Life, the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property TFP, joins the multitudes of Americans nationwide who see procured abortion as a preeminent moral evil in the battle for America's soul. This year, we are in the throes of a multifaceted crisis involving the coronavirus, civil unrest, electoral turmoil, and financial uncertainty. This crisis is shaking all our institutions and certainties. It creates a quote-unquote new normal, where anything becomes possible. This crisis makes the fight against abortion all the more necessary. Indeed, our crisis is the product of a liberal philosophy that has long dominated the nation. It promotes the illusion of maximum freedom, in which all are equally free to pursue their choices as long as they do not limit the choices of others. In this ideal world, infinite options are possible if all agree to follow the same rules of cooperation and people do not impose on others. Many believe that they can maintain the prosperous and gratifying lifestyle they have always known by seeking this unrestrained freedom. For them, happiness consists of the frenetic intemperance of modern life, where they can have everything instantly effortlessly and without consequences. Thus, life consists of opening up choices and breaking down barriers that hinder their lifestyles. One problem with this liberal outlook is that it neglects the choice of the unborn baby. The innocent baby is seen as an obstacle to promiscuous lifestyles and is therefore expendable. Indeed, 
the sexual revolution becomes impossible without abortion. We cannot accept such a conclusion. That is one reason that we seek the end of all procured abortions. We work to legally, peacefully, and prayerfully secure its defeat. Thus, a great battle has emerged inside this liberal framework that has created two intermingled Americas. One desires unrestrained absolute freedom. The other acknowledges freedom's limits in issues like abortion. The two perspectives have maintained a precarious coexistence and framed the political debate. However, the more aggressive and tyrannical the pro-abortion side becomes, the more the pro-life side sees the broader picture and the need for a moral law beyond the liberal order. Indeed, recent elections reflect how difficult it is for the two visions to exist inside the same nation. Abortion was at the center of the electoral debate. Most Americans see the result of elections as a validation of the liberal and conservative lifestyles they have always lived. Thus, America keeps producing seesaw elections. The nation shifts to the left and right end up canceling each other out in a display of frustration and polarization that gradually tends leftward. Now the multifaceted 2021 crisis has destroyed the nation that we can coexist and live as we always have. The upheaval has exposed and aggravated the factors dividing us. In the chaos of the crisis, those defending unbridled freedom treat those upholding morality with indifference and brutality. Getting things done becomes next to impossible. In the present crisis, Abortion has exposed this falsity of the liberal order, the illusion of its quote-unquote freedom, and the contradiction of its premises. The same liberals who lock the world down to save all COVID-threatened lives keep abortion clinics open to kill many more lives. The same liberal protesters who declare that black lives matter openly support abortion, in which black baby lives do not matter. The liberal politicians who call for unity and cooperation make no concessions whatever when it comes to procured abortion until birth. Essential business restrictions close churches, but not abortion clinics, thus revealing the skewed priorities of many lawmakers and governors. Double standards are appearing everywhere. Massive, undistanced protests, even riots to defund police and destroy order, are allowed to happen. However, the March for Life in Washington and similar marches countrywide are crippled by restrictions. Social media giants censor conservative posts while leaving the other side free to enjoy freedom of expression. The liberal order is turning totalitarian. Thus, the message of the 2021 crisis is that Americans can no longer live as they always have. Political seesaw shifts back and forth no longer work. We must change our lives. Keeping everything as it is will only lead to a clash of proposals, the suppression of opinion, and ever more intense polarization that will ruin the country. We who have long opposed abortion must declare to our wayward fellow citizens that America's problem is, above all, a moral one. 
a profound change is needed if the present crisis is to be resolved. People need to take personal responsibility to change their behaviors to reflect Christian norms. Doing so leads to social harmony and virtuous living. Failure to effect this moral change will lead to ever more radical forms of our hypersexualized materialistic culture corrupting all society and destroying the lives of individuals, families, and communities. Americans can no longer keep living as they always have because those lives are increasingly sinful and destructive of the common good. Conversion to the Ten Commandments and Christian principles is the only solution. Nothing else can thwart the left's efforts to quote-unquote convert everyone to its socialist tyranny as it is done in every country where it establishes itself. However, the conversion of America is not limited to those who support abortion. We who oppose abortion must also convert so that our lives are more virtuous. We share in the decadence of modern society by our omissions, complicity, and sins. We do not sufficiently reject and oppose our hypersexualized culture that makes possible abortion's culture of death. We cannot be satisfied with isolating ourselves. We must also give witness in the public square. We must fight against the moral disorders of the day and do everything possible to facilitate the practice of virtue through good laws and social mores. There is no quote-unquote Benedict option possible in our world that seeks out and corrupts the good. We must also realize that many who should be helping us in this fight are notably absent. Too many bishops and clergymen fail to condemn abortion or take action as they should. Christian politicians forsake their duty when they encourage vice. Some even distort Christian teaching to the point of directly supporting abortion. As those who oppose abortion and moral decadence, we must convert and return to God. In God alone will we find the grace and strength to fight the culture and win. For Catholics, this call to conversion is familiar as it echoes the 1917 message of Our Lady at Fatima. The Blessed Mother warned humanity of disaster during World War I, a time of supreme political strife. She spoke of the quote-unquote errors of Russia, referring to the same communist ideological menace and moral decadence that threaten America today. However, the mother of God did not bring a political program. Politics had failed a world at war, just as politics have failed America today. Her message asked for prayer, penance, and amendment of life. She told a sinful world that they could no longer live as they always had because God was already greatly offended. She called upon people to change their lives radically. The Blessed Mother also asked for a formal consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart. Our Heavenly Mother's program applies to us today. In 2021, America faces the multifaceted crisis of COVID, civil unrest, economic uncertainty, and a radical communist agenda. Each of these has political implications that must be addressed. However, the perils are greater than the power of politicians to resolve alone. 
America must change and return to God for whom nothing is impossible. This is the great lesson to be learned from the 2021 general crisis. Let us then unite around this message of moral change. Either we embrace a life of virtue or the culture will drag us into vice. There is no middle ground in this fight that has reached a point of no return. As important as the pro-life struggle is, it is not the full war. We must expand our horizons. We must defend the entire moral code found in the Ten Commandments and written on the hearts of all men, applicable in all times and places. Only then will the culture of death be destroyed. Only then can we rebuild Christian civilization based on God's law. Only then will America have harmony and peace. We must fight for God and His eternal law and trust in Him alone. As we march this year, let us hope and confide. The worse the general crisis gets, the more it becomes obvious that human solutions are insufficient. We must call upon God, knowing that everything is in His hands and under His control. God awaits America's prayer to intervene and win. The TFP urges everyone to never give up on this great return to order. As practicing Catholics, we turn to God and His Blessed Mother for succor and help. Let us confide in the triumph of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, as promised at Fatima. This concludes the pro-life movement in 2021, the necessity of trusting God. Thank you so much for listening. Return to Order, of which this podcast is only a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you subscribe and give us a five-star rating with the service through which you are listening to it. In that way, you can help Return to Order be more effective. In addition, subscribers gain access to all previous episodes of the Return to Order moment. We would also like to recommend the book that spells out the ideological message behind our work. Mr. John Horvat's book, Return to Order, is available as a free download through our website, www.returntoorder.org, or in printed and recorded form through our bookstore. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2021 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP.